Boy, I sure hope uh, you you get it if you haven't had a chance. When when I, I know you guys have a lot of things to do as soon as church is over. Sundays are <laughs> supposed to be days of rest, and I know sometimes it's not a day of rest because you got a lot going on. But but before you leave today, if you get a chance, just just go up to one of the band members individually and just tell them thank you. Just I appreciate you. Because uh, they do a really good job, and they take a lot of time. They're all busy, just like we all are, and they volunteer their time. So if you could give it up for them, and we appreciate them. Thank you, worship team, for what you do. We appreciate you so much. So before I start, again, uh, I'm going over this again. If you have not been, if you're not in a, in a men's group, go to our website. When you go to our website, you'll click on the website. You'll find where it says small groups, and we have all the places where you can go to small groups. We'll have that with women as well. They're all over the place, so please do that. Also, another thing I want to share with you, something that uh, I don't think a lot of you know, or maybe some of you do and you're using it, I don't know. But on our website, when you go to mychurchsa.com, there's a place where it says resources. And when you click on resources, what, what we have there is 200 of the, of the best Bible stories that, that are in the Bible. And so people always tell me, I don't know where to read in the Bible. I don't know where to go. So what do we do? We go to the first book of Genesis. We go to Genesis, right? And we last for about two weeks. And it's like, oh, man, I've already read this story. I don't know where to go. So there's 200 stories that are in the Bible that are in our, in, in, in our website. You can look at them, and it'll kind of give you a game plan on, hey, so if, if you want to read the miracles of Jesus. You, we have a section where you can read just the miracles of Jesus. If you want to read the parables of Jesus, you can do that. If you want to read about uh, the kings in the Old Testament, you can go there. If you want to read about the bondage and slavery and Moses and the Egyptians and, and, and the Hebrew people, you can do that. And little sections, are, they're little nuggets that you could read. So that's something you could do because you need to fill yourself with God's word, right? We talk about this all the time. You've got to be trained in God's word. You've got to be trained in God's word. And a lot of us don't know how to read the Bible. I get that. And a lot of us don't know where to go in the Bible. So that's one thing you could do. There's also another section in resources where I've put my 100 in my, these are, this is just mine. It's, it's, it's just my favorite chapters in the Bible. For me, these are my 100 favorite chapters in the Bible. And they're for me, they're things that help me to live the Christian life. Like I, these are the ones that are dear to my heart, and, and it's interesting. Most of them in the New Testament, but there's, there's a lot in the book of Psalms. Matter of fact, a lot in the book of Psalms. I love the book of Psalms, some in Proverbs. But it's just something for you to look at. If you don't know where to go, you can do that. Um, other things that, that I'm going to start sharing on, on there pretty soon, there's stuff that I'm giving to the men right now, and I feel, I feel like, like, like some of the ladies don't like me because I'm just sharing stuff to the men, my, my wife in particular. Like, like, hey, what about us? I'm like, okay, 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 we'll get there. So I will give you on some stuff that we're sharing with the men that you'll get on there on how, what biblical success looks like. What does it mean to be successful in the eyes of God versus the eyes of man or humanity or this world and what are commands, truths, and promises. So you guys know, if you don't know how I read the Bible and how I study the Bible, I do it five ways, right? So when I read the Bible, I look for commands. I've said that many times, right? Commands are meant to be obeyed. Commands bring clarity into my life. I look for truths. Truths are, are truths set us free. The truth will set you free, Jesus said. So, so there's truths in the Bible that apply to my life that I want to learn. Not only do I want to learn how to live, I want to learn what truth is. 
Because truth will give me freedom. Truth will give me maturity. So commands give me clarity. Truth gives me maturity, and it builds my integrity. Okay, so when I read the Bible, that's what I look for. That's why when I code the Bible, I, I code the Bible in different colors. And if you ever want to look at one of my Bibles, you'll see it's all coded, color-coded. So I know, man, sometimes I just don't know where to, Lord, I don't know what to do. I look for red I look for red highlights to go, okay, this is where the Lord wants me to do. If I'm looking for truth, I look for the blue. But promises are meant to be believed. And promises to me, they don't bring me, they don't bring me maturity. They don't bring me integrity. They don't bring me clarity. What they bring me is security. They give me hope. So I, when I read the Bible, so if you take one of those 200 best stories in the Bible and you start looking at that and you start learning how to code the Bible that way, the Bible's going to open up in a way you've never seen before. You'll see it in an amazing way. The other thing I do with the Bible, too, is not only that, I also look for biblical themes. So what are themes in this chapter, in this story? There's a theme here. So what is the theme that, 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 that you want me to learn? And so I'll, I'll find themes in there. And the final thing I do when I read the Bible is I look for leadership principles. There's some people that are in the room here today that, that I train in leadership training on, on this is what the Bible says. This is how to lead because I want to be influential in people's lives because I want the more I can become influential in people's lives, the more they'll listen to what Christ has to say. And so, so when I read the Bible that way, it opens things up in powerful ways. So I encourage you to go to mychurchsa.com and look at that website and find resources and be blessed because at the end of the day... Who's training your home? Who's training your children? I'm going to tell you this right now. If you, who, who's training your marriage? If you're not doing anything to, to train for your marriage or, or train and work, work on your marriage, work on your parenting, I'm going to tell you this right now. The world will train your children how to do things. And then all, next thing you'll wake up and see they're in a totally different path than you are. Or you'll start drifting away from each other as husbands and wives, and then all of a sudden you're going to go, how come we're so far away from each other? Can I tell you how to get closer as, as, as a marriage? Pray together. That sounds funny, but not, just hear me. When you look at your spouse and you're holding hands, you look each other in the eye, and y'all are praying for each other, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't be mad at each other. Lord, I pray that you just bring the wrath of God upon my, my husband. Let him feel your pain, Lord. You just can't do that. You just can't. You just, you just, you just can't. You're just like, we're just so mad at you. Let's pray. I can't. What do you mean you can't? It'll stop a fight real fast. And if it starts a fight, you really need prayer. Call us. We're coming over to lay hands on you and pray for you. But you're going to develop an unbelievable spiritual intimacy that is going to grow you and take you to places you'll never go. We get so caught up doing so many things because we've got so much to do, and we miss the important things. Don't miss the important things. Your, your relationships are very important to God. Our God is a relational God. Somebody say amen to that. You know, God is not caught up in your results. He's not caught up in your results. He's not looking at your results. He's looking at your relationship. He's looking at your heart. He wants to grow you. He wants to make you a better person. And he brought his son Christ to come down here to help you be that better person. So hey, you're going to say, hey, coach, I'm a work in progress. We all are. We're all a work in progress. We're all learning who we are. We're learning how to live the life that Christ has for us. Even though I'm so far from it, we've all been far from it. Just keep 
taking a step forward. Keep moving forward. If you take two steps back, take three forward. If you get knocked down seven times, get up eight times. Just get up one more time that you get knocked down and just take one more step forward than you've taken backwards. Could you give God a praise offering for that? <laughs> Easter's a month away. Easter's a month away. We're going to have two services, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. So some of you guys show up early. Some of you guys show up late. We'll figure out how that's going to happen. God's going to bless a lot of people. Invite friends who only come once a year. We'll accept them. And then we'll lock the doors and we won't let them leave. We'll just keep them here for a while. We won't do that. But just, just we're really excited about it. The whole theme is why Easter? Why, why Easter? Why? That's what we're going to talk about. And we'll share how Easter is a blessing in your life. And here's the last thing. We did this last week. We told you to get out your phones. We told you to get out your phones and, and text this number. Well, we did better today. We're, you can get out your phones if you didn't do that. And we've got a, a whatever that's called, QR code. And you, somebody like, oh, that's beautiful. No, no, you, you get, out, get, out, get out the camera. I'm so mesmerized. No, get out the camera and get it and... <laughs> you'll know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, look at the people around you that are doing it and go, show me what to do, and they'll help you, all right? But let me tell you what we're going to do. At the end of this message, I'm going ha- to have four small group questions for you and two places for you to look scriptures on the theme that we're going to talk about today. And on that code and on that, whether you got it through a QR code or last week, whether you text text the, the, the My Church SA, you're going to get an article that I've researched on why is faith without works dead? Because it'll answer the biggest question on the small group question at the end of this message. So, so I would tell you, eventually we'll get this. We'll go, we'll go back to you version and have everything on there for you. But we're, we're working towards that, so just bear with us. Uh, you'll probably take a picture of the small group questions, and then we'll, you'll, you'll, you'll have something to, to train on this week on faith. Okay? All right. That's a lot of announcements. Now let's get to today's word. I hope you were blessed last week by the message of the definition of faith. I hope you were blessed on understanding a couple of things. Let me just real quickly give you a a reminder of what we learned last week. We learned that the kingdom of God is unshakable. We learned that the kingdom of God is immovable. We learned the kingdom of God is a word that's called immutable, which means it's unchanging that it is permanent, it's not temporary, that it is eternal, and and we are part of the kingdom of God. And as we learn that we're part of the kingdom of God, with the kingdom of God, what's different than the kingdom of God and the kingdom of humanity is the kingdom of God doesn't operate the way the world operates. So when we accept Christ, we're in the kingdom of God, but we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Our language and our culture is different. It's like those of us that who come from a different country or our parents were born in a different country country and we migrate to come over here. My parents were born in Mexico or Mexico, whichever way you want to describe it or, or explain it or, or pronounce it, excuse me. And, and so, but my parents who were born in Mexico came to the United States and when they came to the United States, they still have their ways from their old country. Man, fideo and frijoles. Come on, somebody say amen to that. When you're saying amen, that just means you were poor. Because that's all you could afford, or weenies. <laughs> we huevos, that's all you could have, that's it. But, but, but it, it was, it was, it's our culture, it's, it's where we come from. Even I'm, I'm, I'm walking in the United States, but, but I'm, 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 from an, I'm from another place. 
Well, when Christ comes into your life, you're walking in this world, but your heart belongs in another place. We're, we're actually spiritual immigrants. I want you to think about that. That's who, we're, we're spiritual immigrants. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't belong here, but we're here. And even though we're here, there's this, there's this language of faith that we don't really understand, but we know we need it. So we learned that faith, faith does a couple of things, right? Faith believes and hopes for, the, it, it believes in the things that, that we hope for. And we believe in the things that are not seen. So we learned last week. The things that are not seen, just because we don't see them doesn't mean they don't exist. They're, they operate in the invisible realm, but we know they exist even though we've never seen them. And the things that haven't come yet are the things that we hope for. It hasn't happened yet, but we hope for it to come. And we believe that it's going to come. I hope for, and my faith is in the total 100% belief that one day there's going to be a trumpet that's going to sound. And one day when that trumpet sounds, all those that are in Christ, that are, that are, that are, that are, that are dead, that their bodies are dead, their bodies will come from the ground and the soul of the saint who's up in heaven will come together and in the middle of between heaven and earth, between the invisible and the visible, boom, those two will come together and we will become supernatural bodies just as Christ, the resurrected Christ was. And we, we believe, we hope for, even though it hasn't happened yet, we hope that when that happens and the saints are called together and the second coming of Christ comes upon this world, we will see things that, that, that the world has never seen before. And we're hoping that. I've never seen Jesus Christ, but I believe in him. My faith leads me to that. So that's what we learned last week. So today I'm going to teach you, we're going to go through the book of Hebrews, right? And I'm going to teach you what faith does. Today, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about one individual. Today, we're going to, well, actually two. We're going to talk about Abel. And we're going to learn how Abel believed what God promised. And because he believed what God promised, he did what God said. And because he had faith in God, that faith created his obedience. And because he was obedient, he was, he was obedient because he trusted and loved God. When you trust and love God, you believe in who God is and you believe what God said. Even though you don't see it, even though it's invisible, even though it hasn't happened yet, you put your faith in that. You have faith every day. You put your faith in your spouse. You put your faith in your children. I've said this before. Some of you are, are really have a lot of problems because you put your faith in the cowboys. But you do. And you keep wondering why you get your heart broken. You're putting your faith in the wrong things. Just kidding. Just had to get that out. But, but, I, but so, so today we're going to learn about how Abel, because he put his faith in God. Here's what Abel did. Abel listened to God. When you listen to someone, you're giving them respect. You're giving them appreciation. You're putting your faith in them. Abel listened to God. And because Abel listened to God... And he respected God and he loved God and he honored God. It was easy for him to obey God. And this goes in all your relationships. All of your relationships. If you love someone and you honor them and you respect them, come on, you know where I'm going. Obedience is a non-factor. You're going to obey them. Because obedience is a form of honor, it is a form of love, and it is a form of respect. 
Somebody say amen to that. So next week, I'm going to talk to you about another person named Enoch, who what we'll learn is this. Faith not only listens, faith also walks with someone. When you have faith in someone, not only are you going to listen to them, you're going to walk with them. So today we'll learn how Abel listened to God and obeyed God. Next week I'll teach you how Enoch listened to God. And not only did he listen to God, he walked with God. My prayer for you as your pastor as your coach, as your friend, is that you listen to God. You trust in who he is. You believe in what his promises are. And not only do you listen to him and obey him, you walk with him and you develop a daily intimate relationship with him. Because as that starts happening, I'm going to tell you something else. All your problems, and we've all got a list of them, right? They're going to become menial. They'll become, they'll become smaller. They won't become as powerful as you, as, as you believe they are. The closer you walk with God, the better person you become and the stronger you become and, the, and your problems don't become as big as you thought they were. Because why? Because your faith grows. Okay? So, truth number one. The first truth I'm going to tell you is this. Faith creates righteousness. You're going to get asked a question this week, and maybe you're going to go back to, to, to your small group or, or go back with your, you know, for all men in the house, you're the pastors of your home. Men, you're the pastors of your home. You're the coach of the house. Okay, you're not the banker. That's mama. She got it all. All right. But, 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 but <laughs> my wife said amen to that. But, 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 but you're the coach. You set the culture in the home. And if you don't set a culture, Satan will set a culture in your home. You have to set a culture in your home. That is your responsibility. That is what God has called you to do. So that's why at the end of this, you'll get small group questions and you lead your home. Go lead your home. Leading your home doesn't mean dictating and dominating. Leading your home is teaching them to respect and honor just life and learn, learn to live a good life. So, so lead them in the direction they need to be led. So what they're going to learn and what we're going to learn today is your faith in God makes you, the question is, what makes you right with God? Your faith in him makes you right with him. Your faith in what he says you need to do is what makes you right. Your trust in him, your belief in him will lead you to everything else in your life in your Christian walk. But if you don't have faith in him, now we talked last week, you can have faith and doubt at sometimes because they kind of both kind of happen at some point. But hopefully your faith grows, as you, as you read the word, your faith grows more and your doubt gets smaller. And then as your doubt gets smaller and your faith grows even more, that's the walk of faith. You start walking in that, you start trusting in that, you become a better Christian, you, you just have a better life. Don't think that there, is not, there isn't any doubt in the walk of faith. There is doubt. We learned that last week. So... What I'm going to tell you is this. You're going to have two sons, born from the same mom and dad. They, 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 they know that there's that one God, all right? They haven't seen him because they, they were both born in, in exile of the Garden of Eden. Okay, Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden. Cain and Abel were born outside of the Garden of Eden. Cain and, a, I mean, Cain, Cain and Eve, I mean, Abel... I'll get this right. I'll get this right. I think I went, I went to school for this. Adam and Eve were created in the presence of the almighty Shekinah glory of God. 
They got to see God in the Garden of Eden. When they were exiled, Cain and Abel are born outside of the presence of God. That's what sin does. Sin separated them. So they're outside of the presence of God, but they're born in the same house. They're born in a house of faith. They're born in a house where where they worship God. They grew up hearing the same message from their parents. But what you're going to find out is one goes in the opposite direction of the other. And what you're going to learn is something very interesting. As both of these go in separate directions, as one puts their faith in God, one listens to God and puts their faith in God, the other one has a totally different mindset. The other one, which is Cain, does not listen to God, does not trust in God, does not believe in God. And what you're going to see is the distinction between both lies. Because what we have in this world today, to a certain point, is we have two cultures. We have a culture that is the culture of the way of Abel, and we have a culture that is the culture of the way of Cain. We have a culture of Cain and a culture of Abel. We have two societies within this, within this world. We have people who trust in God and love in God and listen to God and and place their faith in God. Even though things are going the way they're going, they still have their faith in God and they obey him and they love him and they trust him. And then we have another group of people that they don't trust God. They don't listen to God. They do things their own way. And what you're going to see is the distinction between the two. And this makes me sit here and wonder, where are you? in your life. How, how, how are things operating for you? If you were to look at this story, which one of the two is your grandpa? Which is, which, what does your household look like? What do you want it to look like? Where do you want to finish up? That's what this whole story is about. Real quickly before I go into this, why, why does the writer right in Hebrews about this is the, historic, the history of all these men, because we're going to learn about, and not just men, it's women too, we'll learn about Rahab, we'll learn about Abraham, we'll learn about Noah, we'll learn about, about you know, Enoch next week who walked with God. Today we're learning about Abel. Why is the Hebrew writer writing all this? Because when he was writing this, there were Jews that, 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 that they believed you were made right with God by obeying the law, by obeying what God said. And some people would obey what God said, but they didn't put their faith in God. They just, they just, sound familiar? They just went through the motions. They don't really love God. They're just like, I'm just going to do this because I'm supposed to. And, and there's really no, no relationship with God. You're just, I'm just going to check the box. I'm going to go to church. I'm good. Hey, I went to church. And not without realizing, you're following the path of Cain not even knowing. I want to get you to understand the distinction between the two because my prayer is that everyone here, everyone in this room, and for generations to come, put their faith in the way, of, in God's way instead of their way. The Bible says that God's ways are higher than the earth. I mean, God's ways are better than ours. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so, so are his ways higher than ours. Will you put your trace, will you, forgive me, will you put your faith in a God 
who has a better plan for you than you could ever have for yourself? Or are you going to try to figure it out your way? We'll see. The difference between today, between true religion and false religion. Between God's way and man's way. What you're going to see in this story is an amazing thing. You're going to see three things. And, and, and I, I, I'm going to read a scripture in a second, but I want to kind of say this before I forget this. Who I've had a long week. Uh, I, I was at a men's retreat this past week, and I preached five times in 24 hours. So I'm kind of like, that's why I'm kind of tongue-tied today. So, so bear with me. But, but it's an interesting thing. There's three things that happen in this story, and, and it's all about worship. The first thing I want you to know is this. In this story, what you're going to see is, is there's a place that God wants the family to come to. Because it says they come, we'll read it as we go on in Genesis in a second. But, but, but Cain and Abel come to God, and there's a place that they got to come to. Now, the Bible doesn't say where it happens. Some theologians believe that, that this is the place where, where maybe it, it's the end of Eden, where the cherubim, where the angel has a, f- a flaming sword, and that's where, where, uh, where Adam and Eve got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and maybe that's the place that they came to worship God, and that's the place where they're going to come in and bring their sacrifice to the Lord, so it's a worship. There's a place for them to go to worship because they're coming together, and they're going to this one place. Not only is there a place for them to worship, there's a time for them to worship because the Bible says... It has now become harvest time. It is harvest time. So there was a time and a place where God wanted these two sons to come to God. So there's a place and there's a time. And here's the other thing. And there's a way to worship God. There's a way to worship God. There's a way to worship God. Because when they both came, both gave their sacrifices. One was accepted and one was not. So what you start seeing here is God reveals to us, look, I want you to go to a place to worship. I I have a specific time for you to go worship, and there's a way that I want you to worship. God has revealed to us what he wants for his sons and daughters. He is coaching us and teaching us and telling us how we should live our life and how we should approach God. And I ask this question, and I'm grateful to, it's not really a question, it's a point. I'm so grateful that you've come to a place to worship in a specific time and a way to worship. So by doing that, you are, you're, you're showing that you, you love the Lord and you want more of God in your life. And that kind of shows how you are operating in the path of Abel. Now, I'll teach you in a little bit when I start talking about Cain. I'll talk about how Cain also came uh, on a certain day. And he came uh, at a certain place. But he didn't worship God the way God wanted him to be worshipped. So there are people who go to church on a Sunday at a certain time and they're not worshipping God the way God wants to be worshipped. They're worshipping God the way they want to worship God. So they, they kind of listen to God, but they don't really, I'm jumping ahead, but I got to stay on this. They don't really listen to God. They listen to him, but they don't really do God's way. They read something in the scripture go, this is good, but I don't like this verse. Because I don't like what this verse, I don't, I, I don't, I, I want to change the Bible instead of the Bible change me. So I'm not going to take this. It's, this doesn't apply to, to my life or my way. So I'm just going to throw this verse out because I don't believe in this. I believe in this. Well, what part of it do you believe in? All of it or none of it? 
Because if you believe in some of it, you don't believe in all of it. And if you don't believe in all of it, you're not believing in God. You're doing it your way. And whether you realize it or not, you start following the culture of Cain. You come to church at a certain time, at a certain place, but you are worshiping God your way instead of his way. Uy, cucuy. It's a little scary. Because what that is, and I'm jumping ahead, that's false religion. That's the way of man. That's the way of Cain. Okay. Again. Let me give you scripture. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says this. For I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. Remember, faith creates righteousness. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of it because it's that good news. It's that news of Jesus Christ that gives me righteousness because I put my faith in Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ did on the cross, what Jesus Christ did in the tomb, what Jesus Christ did throughout his life, who Jesus Christ is, I put my total belief and faith in him. I don't put it in the pastor. I don't put it on the church. I don't put it in, a, in an institution. I put it in Jesus Christ. And that's my prayer for you. Not to put your faith in the church. Not to put your faith in the pastor. Not to put your faith in yourself but to put your faith in Jesus Christ completely and 100%. All right? It is, this is what the good news is. It is the power of God at work, not the power of man. What you're going to see is Abel is accepting the power of God in his life while Cain is putting his power into his salvation instead of God working in him. He wants to work it himself. It is, the God, it is the power of God at work saving everyone who sweats. That's not what it says. Everyone who cries. Everyone who bleeds. No. Everyone who what? Everyone who what? If you believe, say, I believe. That belief even though, that's it. How many times have I heard this or you heard this? All I got to do is believe. That's it, just, just believe. I believe. That's not believing. It's <laughs> like telling someone, will you date me? I love you. <laughs> that one going to work? It ain't going to work. That belief in Jesus Christ is the thing that opens up heaven for you. You never step foot in heaven. But that faith will allow you one day to walk on the streets of gold. Can you give him a praise offering for that? <clears throat> this is my favorite stuff. First for the, the Jew first and also for the Gentile. Look at verse 17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Not how we make ourselves right in our sight. How God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It is through faith that a righteous person, faith in God, 
through Christ creates your righteousness. And once that faith creates your righteousness, let me tell you what a righteous person does. A righteous person, because of their faith in Christ, the righteous person now receives the Holy Spirit living in them, and now all of a sudden there's something new that wasn't there before. And now there's a desire to want to honor him and love him and respect him and glorify him and worship him and appreciate him and glorify him and magnify him. It is a totally different life. Brothers and sisters, this is what you have in Jesus Christ. So don't start talking to the world about what you don't have. I struggle and I want to slap him in the name of Jesus. I do. I do. And they got to turn the cheek and get it again. That's what Jesus said. Turn your cheek. I struggle with people who all they do, who they have the Christ, the living Yeshua, the living Jesus in them and the Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living inside of them. And they're walking around with cara de limon. They're walking around with a sour face just like, oh, life is miserable. That's not the Christian life. That's not the Christian life. You are victorious in Christ. You are powerful in Christ. You are, you're unshakable and movable in Christ. So walk, talk, and breathe and live that way. Give him a praise offering. I, I get it. I, that's just, it's like, oh. It's like the guy who tries out, Coach, I want to try for the team because I want to be a champion. I'm like, dude. I'm a champion. That doesn't do this. <laughs> Have you ever lifted weights? Tortillas? No. <laughs> Have you ever? Have you ever done? I watch the games all the time. I win in. I win in, in Xbox all the time. We have Xbox Christians. <laughs> I got people over here pointing at each other. That's my brother over here. That's him. That's hilarious. I love the lights being on. I get to see all that. That's awesome. We need to stop. We need to know who we are. Know who you are in Christ. Know what Jesus Christ has done for you. But if you don't read the word, and if you don't get fed, you, you don't know. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. Truth number two. False religion. That's false religion. You know how hard it was to find a picture that I could show you that wasn't an occult, even though that's an occult? False religion invents ways to God. And it's, a, it's, it's not a man's way. It's humanity's way to come up with its own rules to try to invent ways to God. <laughs> you know what happens when you eventually invent your own ways to God? You ready for this? You eventually move God out of the way and you become God. It's called humanism. And now it's like, well, if I can invent a way to God, then I can just be God and move God out of the way. This is exactly what Cain did. What I will tell you today is this. As much as Abel loved God and Abel, and Abel listened to God and Abel, and Abel brought a sacrifice to God, I want you to know that Cain brought a sacrifice to God, but it wasn't the sacrifice that God wanted. Are you ready for this? Because it was not a blood sacrifice. Why would God want a blood sacrifice? Because this is all in Genesis chapter 3. Because when God tells Adam and Eve, 
You can have anything you want. You just can't eat of this. Because if you eat of this tree and eat of this fruit, you will surely die. And they eat of that fruit. And they hide. And when they hide, the Bible says that God's looking for them. Like, hey, where are you guys? We're hiding. Just like a dad or a mom. Did you steal the cookies from the cookie jar? Did you eat of that fruit that I told you not to eat? So why are they hiding? Because God told them the consequence, which is what? They would die. So now all of a sudden there's fear. So now they're hiding. They're hiding because they're going to die. And this is the most amazing thing. Instead of God killing them, they cover, this, they cover themselves up with, with fig leaves or, or, or just vegetation. That doesn't, that doesn't cover the sin. That doesn't cover their shame. Because of the disobedience, someone has to die. Or something has to die. And the Bible says that God covers them with animal skin. Which means what? An innocent animal had to pay the price for their sin. You know where all that leads to. An innocent animal had to die for them to be made right. So when Cain comes up, this is the way to come to the Lord. You come to the Lord with the sacrifice of innocent blood for your sin or you're going to have to give your blood for your sin. One or the other. This is the consequence for disobedience. So when Abel comes up and brings a sacrifice animal and a blood and the blood that covers his sin, and Cain doesn't, and Cain brings his stuff. Cain brings his best. Can I tell you something? Our best is not good enough to make us right before God. Our best, our good works will never leave this room. They can't go past this ceiling. If you do something good for God, that goodness for God doesn't make you right before God. It doesn't? No, it doesn't. It ain't going anywhere. Cain brought his good before God and it didn't go anywhere. Now, hear me. When you love God and you obey God and you trust God and you put your faith in God, you will do good works, but not so God can love you, but because you appreciate him because someone else paid the penalty instead of you and he brought Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for you. And that makes you do good things to worship him, not so he could worship you, but so you can worship him. Is any of this starting to make sense with Jesus Christ? What you're learning here in the book of Genesis, you're learning the highway to the cross of Christ. You're learning, and he's teaching the, 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 in Hebrews, he's teaching the Jews who become Christians. The way of faith was here long before the law was. Long before the law of God was here, the way of God was here, and it is through a blood sacrifice. Because if there's not, then you're the one that has to pay the penalty for it. Mm. 
Cain, I hope this is making sense. I hope you're receiving this. Because remember, we talked about faith. Faith is believing in what God has revealed and trusting in his promises. That's what faith is. So Cain, you ready for this? Cain is the father of false religion. He is the father of false religion because Cain knows the way to God. And I'll explain how in just a second. He knows the way to God, but Cain chooses to invent a way to go to God. And it's his way. So time out. Are you trying to go to God your way or his way? If you're trying to do it your way through your works, be careful. You're over here with the children of Cain. If you try, to under, if you understand that it is through faith alone in God and that it, by putting your faith in him, that will lead to your obedience because he'll change your life and change your heart and you'll appreciate him because I'm going to tell you something. This is where you see the mercy seat. This is where you see how at, at that place of worship, Abel is coming to that place of worship on that specific place, on that specific day with a specific way to worship. Abel is coming saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that instead of punishing me, you're going to take my punishment upon this sacrifice. And I give you this sacrifice because I honor you and because I love you, because I glorify you. I give this to you and I thank you so much and I will serve you the rest of my life. Not because not so you can love me, but because I love you, because of what you've done for me. How could you love me so much? That's the way of faith. Cain comes in and goes, hey, I'm glad we got time for me. Because here, here's my best for you. I'm giving you my best. Do you like me? Look, this is my best. Look, I brought a lot more than he did. I'm better than he is. You see the difference? And here you see, even within the church, there's people that are humble and gracious and loving to the, God, to the Lord. And they see other people and instead of going, man, instead of condemning them, and they, they, they want to help them because they know, hey, I've been where you're at. Instead of taking out the whip and whipping you, I'm going to love you. And I'm going to show you what Jesus Christ has done for us. And then in the church, there's people that are so self-righteous, you want to slap them too. It's like, what, what, what all of a sudden makes you think you're better than everybody else? Who do you think you are? So what's the difference between Cain and Abel? They're both sinners. They were both born sinners. One was redeemed. One was purchased by a blood sacrifice. And the other one was not. Abel wasn't better than Cain when you look at sin. We're sinners, born sinners. Abel had a different birth. Abel had a different way because of his faith in God. And that's what I pray that you learn out of all of this. And that's what I pray you receive out of all of this. Okay, let me give you scripture because I always have to give you scripture. Genesis chapter four, verse two and three. Later, she, obviously being Eve, gave birth to, her, to his brother, Cain's brother, and named him Abel. When they grew up, 
Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, there it is, time for the harvest. That means there's a, there's a, there's a time. Cain, pre- Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Where was that gift? It was at a place, right? Abel also brought a gift. Okay, so, so they, they both brought the gifts to a place. That's what's insinuated here. That's, what, that's what infer, what's inferred. Abel also brought a gift. The best portion of not just any lamb. What is it? The firstborn. He gives the best that he's got. You know, when, when God brought a sacrifice for our sins, he brought his best. You understand that? He brought his best. He brought his son. He didn't bring Michael and Angel. He, he didn't bring that. He didn't bring Gabriel. Hey, Gabriel, go do it for him. He brought his best. He brought his son. The Lord accepted Abel's gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Ooh. Ooh. He accepted Abel and his gift, but he didn't accept Cain and his gift. It wasn't the gift, it was the person. Because one worshiped God the way God wanted to be worshiped. One approached God the way God wanted to be approached. Through God's way. And the other did it his way. And what does this do? This makes Cain very angry. Ooh. All right. I'll close with truth number three. And if Emmanuel, you could come up and play something, I'd appreciate it. I want you to hear this because this is powerful. This is, I hope you've learned something today. You're going to learn a whole lot more in this truth. What you need to learn is this. is no matter how much, so you got to hear Cain was angry. The Bible says that Cain was angry. So at that moment, he doesn't go and kill his brother. He goes away and his anger festers. And he just gets angrier and angrier and angrier. And at the end of the day, who is he really angry at? He's angry at God. He's not angry at Abel. He's angry at God. But let me tell you what, what, what Cain cannot do. He cannot do anything about God. He can't make God change. He can't, he can't do anything about God. There's nothing he can do about God. So the only thing he can do is eliminate the problem. So he takes it out on his brother. And he kills his brother. He kills Abel because God would not accept his best. And you need to hear what I just said. God will not accept our best. God will only accept his best, his son. Our best, the Bible says, the best we can do are like filthy rags before God. We cannot be good enough to go before the Lord. So I'm just going to tell you this right now. Just time out for a second. If you're trying to be good so God can love you, you're walking down the path of Cain without even knowing it. Little kid said amen. You better hear him. It's not good enough. 
when God says, I'm gonna give you my best, I'm gonna give you my son, and he's good enough. And he will give you, ooh, hallelujah, what you don't deserve. He will give you what you cannot earn. He will give you what you will never be able to grasp for and achieve. But this is my way. My way is my best for you. That's my way, God says. And all you have to do is just put your faith in it and receive it. And as I put my best, the best, purest blood of all creation, to cover your sins and remove your sins. By you placing your faith in that, I will declare you righteous. Oh, but Lord, look at all that I've done. No, stop looking at what you've done and start trusting me and look at what I've done for you. Look at how much I love you. Look at how much I sacrifice for you. Stop making it about you and look at me. That's the way of Abel. That's the sons. Those are the children of Abel. It's the way of God. Oh, the devil wants to continually remind you of how bad you are. He wants to tell you how bad you are. The devil wants to silence your faith. But the devil cannot silence faith because faith in the unshakable, immovable, immutable God is greater than anything we could ever do. The devil has tried to silence faith. Abel goes and kills his brother. He kills his brother, but the blood of his brother screamed to God. And God could hear the scream of this blood. The devil can silence a man, but he cannot silence the faith of a man. He could not silence the faith of of Abel. And to this day, Martin Luther says, the brother who couldn't even get the attention of his brother when he was alive now preaches to all of us while he's dead. His faith preaches to you and it preaches to me. It shows us the way. The devil tried to silence faith when he tried to beat Jesus up in heaven and he couldn't. And he was cast out of heaven. And when Jesus came down from heaven into this earth as a man, the devil said, finally, Jesus is a man. Now I can beat him. And he tempts him for 40 days in the wilderness. And he could not beat Jesus in the wilderness. So the next thing he tries to do is he tries to get Herod and an army to try to silence Christ. So they try to kill baby Jesus before he ever grows to be an adult. And King Herod couldn't kill Jesus. The devil has tried for an eternity to try to silence the faith that saves people. And he's not been able to. He tried to silence Jesus when he died on the cross and he couldn't. He tried to keep Jesus in the tomb and he couldn't. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he tried to stop the saints of Christ. He tried to kill the church and he cannot kill the church. The church is being persecuted every day since Jesus Christ went to heaven and the church is still here today and the church will be here long after Satan is gone. So stop telling me about what's wrong in your life and start talking to the world about what's right in your life and about how great God is. Jesus even told Peter, the gates of hell will never prevail in my church. It's going to try and it won't. Brothers and sisters, 
Spend the rest of your life in the walk of faith. Teach it to your children. Teach it to your grandchildren. It's the most powerful force in the universe. It opens up heaven for you. You know, before I close, I wonder, I wonder what it was like with Cain and Abel and Adam and Eve. The Bible doesn't say it. But I'm just, I'm just going to be a dad for a second, okay? Let me, let me just for a second be Adam. And, and Roseanne and I, you know, let's, let me just play that for a second. And we're walking with our two sons. And one day we're out working because we're sweating because I've been cursed because of what I did. And, and, and there's, I, I have to sweat for my brow to provide. And one day we're out on the field and I just stop and I say, hey, hey, Cain, Abel, sons, come here. Can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, dad, what's the matter? You know, it wasn't always like this. All this sacrifice, all this toil, all this work, all this trouble, all, all this difficulty and all this pain, it wasn't always like this. What do you mean, dad? Sons, there was a time where mom and I, we lived in paradise. We, we walked with God and we saw God. You saw God? We saw God. And he gave us everything. We had everything we wanted. What's going on? We, we disobeyed him. Because we did, this is our life now. And, and one day we, when we disobeyed him, we hid from him. And when we hid from him, he came looking for us. We're scared to death. And he had originally said that, that we would die if we ate of that. And when he came to us, we thought he was going to kill us. And you know what he does instead? What does he do instead? Instead of killing us, he sacrifices an animal for us. And that's the way you go to God. You go to God through sacrifice. And I could just imagine Abel going, so that's how we worship God. That's how you go to God. You give a blood sacrifice because you're born a sinner and you either pay for your sin or he'll allow a sacrifice to pay for your sin. I want you to think about that. This is, this, this, this is all about the cross. In the book of Genesis, you can see about Christ and the cross. And what you see that day, what you see that day is this. You see one lamb for one life. That is the perfect lamb, the firstborn for Adam. And he's made right before God by his faith, that create, by his faith in God, which led him to be obedient. It was the faith that created the obedience. Then later on, there's one lamb for one family. Because when... The Israelites, the Hebrew people are enslaved by the Egyptians. And now they have to kill one lamb and they have to take the blood and they put the blood on the doorstep. Now it's not one lamb for one man. It's one lamb for one home. And when the angel of death came over, it passed over because the sacrifice was made and those are the children of Abel. 
Do you hear where I'm going with this? And there's the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement, it was one lamb for one nation. When the high priest would go into, into the Holy of Holies and he would sacrifice a lamb for the sins of the entire nation of Israel. You catching this? And now there's one lamb. Whoo, hallelujah. For one world. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, his blood paid the price for the sins of everyone. And all you have to do is put your faith, not in yourself, not in religion, but in Christ. The Bible says that Cain was kicked out. This is the second exile. The first exile, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden and out of the presence of God. Now in this one, Cain has to be kicked out of the family. And Cain has to wander. And what Cain does, this is, this is the culture of Cain. Cain creates his own city. And he creates his own culture. Away from God where man will do his best to be his best. And this is humanism. And from this comes all the Tower of Babel. From this comes all of Sodom and Gomorrah. From this is the world system. This is the culture of humanity that's trying to do its own way and be its own God and invent ways to be God or be like God. And that's the culture of Cain. And what happens to them is they fail every single time. But even though, Ad, even though Abel is dead, he preaches to us today. He shows us the way. Let's read scripture and then we'll, we'll pray. Wow. I hope you've been blessed. Faith is powerful. God tells Cain, why are you so angry? The Lord asks Cain, why do you look so dejected? You'll be accepted if you do what is right. What? What's the right thing to do? Go back to Abel. Ask him, hey, can I have a sacrifice? Can I do it the right way? Because I want to put my faith in God. If you do what is right, you'll be accepted. But if you refuse to do what is right, if you still do it your way, watch out. Sin is crouching. This is the first time the word sin is used in the Bible. Sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you. You must subdue it and master it. Later on, verse 8 says, One day Cain suggested to his brother, Hey, let's go out into the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, Where's your brother? Try to silence faith. Where's Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian or my brother's keeper? But the Lord said, What have you done? Watch. Listen. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground faith can never be silenced never your good works can be silenced but not faith your faith in the almighty your faith in Christ your faith in him makes you right before God look at Hebrews 11:4 because that's where this whole message came from it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did because of faith. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man because he was made right with God because of his faith in God. And God shows his approval of his gifts. 
Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. My brothers and my sisters, faith can never be silenced. Here's your small group questions this week. Take a picture of it. You go on the website if you want to look at it in, in, in our, in our uh, notes section. You can click on it. You can have it there. But this is something you can sit down with your family. I ask all men to do this at home with their family. Mama, you get daddy and say, let's go, honey. We're going to do this. What does it look like to walk, stand, and live by faith? Question number two. How is anyone made right in the eyes of God? Read Romans chapter 5. It's a great chapter. Number three, does faith create behavior? Read James chapter 2. And this is the real question that's a great question. Does faith create salvation? Do works create salvation? Or do both? That one, when you get on this phone and and you get something sent to you that's got an article, why is faith without works dead? It'll answer that question for you. Hey, we're going to do something here. Uh, If the band can work their way up, I'm going to pray in just a second. I've told you before, we don't don't pass a plate around anymore. Plate's out there. If you want to give and God's calling you to give, you can do that. We want to pray for you here today. And and we're going to have people on the side over there if you want prayer. I'm going to be there if you need prayer. I want to pray for you. If I don't know what, and maybe you're dealing with something like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to do this by myself and I, it's not working. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're dealing with. But, but we want to pray for you. I, maybe you have a problem you're dealing with right now and you're struggling with, with, with doubt. I don't know what you're dealing with. But, but we're going to worship God here together. And as we're worshiping God, we're going to pray. For those of you that are watching, you guys, if you have prayer requests, you can get online and send a prayer request to us. We want to pray for you. Hey, hear me. The power of prayer works. And it works because of who you put your faith in. Today I had one of my, this week I had one of my children make a prayer and in five minutes God answered his prayer. It's like, whoa. And he said, man, I should have been praying a long time ago. I was like, duh. God, God answers every prayer. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says not yet. But you keep your faith in him the entire time. Could you stand please? And as you stand and the band comes up, I'm going to pray for you right now. And as I do that, in just a second, if you need prayer on the side, we will. And if you just want to worship God, you can. Father, I pray that today's message has been a blessing. Lord, I, I just pray for anyone in this room right now who has been trying to do things, trying to go to you and give you their best and thinking that if I give you my best, you'll love me. Lord, I pray that, that you make a huge shift in their life and you help them understand that, Lord, I might, I might not be the best, but I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to believe in you. And you're going to grow me from the inside out. And even when I don't feel saved, I'm still going to trust you. Even after I've done something bad, I'm still going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I want to be like Abel. 
If there's anybody there that needs that, Father, I pray that, that they, can, they can put their faith in you or if they want even more prayer, we can go on, they can go on the side and receive prayer. But Lord, right now, here's what I want the rest of us to do. I want us to be able and come to the altar and just worship you and glorify you. There's a place to worship. There's a time to worship. And there's a way to worship. And I pray that now we worship you the way Abel worshiped you. By glorifying the Christ who paid it all for us so we could be made right with you. We pray this in Jesus' name.